Hey, it's Dan here. If you want to hear this episode of the Backchat Podcast without ads and get extra content that no one else gets, head to backchatstudios.com.au where you can sign up as a patron and access all of our bloody good merch. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Yes, that is the Southern River Band, local lads out of Thornley. Great to have your company on the Shelter Footy Cast, live from the Back Chat Studios. I am sitting in Will Schofield's comfy chair. My name is Mark Riddings. But some things haven't changed too much because I try and dress with some degree of uh, formality, uh, respect for the occasion. But we've brought in a bloke that just follows in Scully's path, just shorts, uh, just whatever you want to get out of bed in that. Hamish Brayshaw, Hammer, good to have you here, brother. Sweet, yep. Thank you very much for having me. I haven't put on my uh, my Sunday best. No, I'm <laughs> rolling into work after this, so it's very casual attire for me. But nah. You're looking very good. No, nah, well, white socks, uh, grey socks. Yeah, sort of grey socks, but let's not worry about uh, what's on my uh, <laughs> on my legs, Hammer. The fact that you are going off to a footy club, I'm going to a footy commission, so there's a slight, yeah, slight difference there. So, so a slight difference. So, of course, uh, if you're new to our podcast, our Shelter Footy Cast, every Monday and Thursday we preview, review the round that's been and gone. Well, at the moment it's all about trade week. Uh, West Australian theme, so Fremantle, West Coast, that's all covered. Uh, socials at Shelter Footy Cast. We've got uh, footy cast at shelterbrewing.com.au. I'm big on social media, hence I'm reading this with a fair degree. <laughs> of caution at shelterbrewing.com.au of course it's our beer they support us the boys and girls down there in Bustleton uh, YouTube back chat shelter footy cast you name it we've got it and of course uh, get down if you get a chance to have you been to the shelter brewery down in Bustleton oh, I have not but I'm very much looking forward to it I had a few last time I was on back chat and, uh, and they were excellent they are excellent it's a really great space and uh, great for lunch and dinner and obviously having a shelter or two uh, so you get involved in that uh, let's jump into our big footy moments of the round or the weekend as it turns out and trade week has turned into trade week and a half, Hammer. Um, yep. Have you tracked all the comings and goings? I uh, I find it very difficult to keep along with nowadays that it's future picks and points and all the rest of it. But um, I just keep an eye out for some names that I'm sort of interested in. Uh, pretty keen to see what happens with Brody Grundy, Luke Jackson, obviously. Uh, then the WA boys, so obviously Griffin Logan, all the Freo boys have there's been the mass exodus there and... What happens with Lob and you know how that all sits? It's uh, it's interesting, but yeah, they're the ones that I'm looking out for. And as a player, I can only imagine. Look, we talk about it like it's just trading uh, football cards, but there's careers, there's lives at stake in all this. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, from my point of view, 
when I was going through it, it wasn't so much that I was looking to get traded or anyone was looking to trade for me. It was more my list spot is determined by who they get in or who they don't get in or what picks they have in the draft. And um, at the end of my second year, it was, look, mate, we're not 100% sure what we're doing. We've got to wait for a few things to fall through. So you uh, you very much are... Uh, up to the will of what happens in the trade period and who they, if they, you know, in my case, they were going after Tim Kelly and just so happens that there weren't, we, there weren't many picks after that. So I got lucky and, and got to hang around on the list. And um, there's a few guys in my position this year who'll be waiting with bated breath to see what uh, what big trades fall through. Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? Next uh, couple of days will tell a lot. Uh, the Jason Horn Francis trade, of course, trying to get from north yep. to Port Adelaide. Where do you sit with him leaving after one year? Uh, I don't think it should be allowed. I mean, you enter a national competition I understand mental health and wanting to get home and all the rest of it but I can't fathom that a screening process of a a national combine um, for a national draft you're not those things flag pretty quickly I would have thought but a year in a national combine that you sign the dotted line saying I'm there for at least two years I think you've got to see it out but you know time will tell what happens there yeah, Jason Horn Francis. They started off uh, North Melbourne, Port Adelaide, West Coast. Uh, the Giants jumped into a, a possible trade setup. We'll, we'll discuss that in just a moment. But the Jason Horn Francis deal, not done just yet. Uh, we're going to jump into our West Coast and Fremantle wrap now here on the Shelter Footycast. Well, the Dockers have been more active than Frio, fair to be said. Uh, Josh Corbett, uh, spoke to him the other day, by the way. I don't know if you know Josh at all, but, gee, he speaks well and he's very polite and he's uh, already won himself some fans in the, the WA media the way he's conducted himself, which is a nice way to, to start your career in the West. Yeah, it sure is. I mean, I think for the Frio fans anyway, they're uh, they're pretty happy to get another Gold Coast bloke that, uh, you know, they've got Will Brody and look what he's done to the footy club. So I think Josh Corbett can uh, can certainly add something to the team and uh, and based on, yeah, what the things that Brody's done this year, I think they'll be really looking forward to getting another Gold Coast boy in there. Yeah, the uh, the news with Corbett, he comes across here. Gold Coast in return receives a future fourth round selection. So that's locked away. Luke Jackson, it feels like it's imminent, the deal. It's probably a little convoluted, but he will get to Fremantle. That's almost a given, just about where the, the numbers stack up for the clubs that are involved in this big trade. Yeah, uh, I mean, West Coast have still said they're they're looking to get him and they're in the mix, but I personally can't see him going anywhere but Freo. I uh, I read something yesterday about a six-team trade and there's all this thing, all these things being thrown up. Um, he's a quality player. I don't know that he's worth as much as this being told about him, but there's plenty of potential in there. So it'll be really interesting to see where and where, what they get for him and when that deal ends up going through. But I do think it's inevitable in the next couple of days. What do you think he is? Because uh, quite clearly there's a debate as to... Is he a ruckman? Is he a forward? Is he someone who could be a bit like Mark Blixavs at Geelong? Have you got an opinion? Yeah, I think at the moment he's he's probably not tall or strong enough to be a, a number one ruck. I mean, he's had the luxury of playing under Max Gorn and he will have the luxury of playing under Sean Darcy if they if they get him away at Freo. But um, I think he's got the potential and without wanting to, you know go into hyperbole here. Dean Cox changed the game in, in terms of the Ruckman being that fourth midfielder and and he's a guy that if you just look at that grand final, he was able to do things in the air and then attack the ball at ground level like uh, like not many other Rucks could. So he's certainly got a potential, I think, to be a number one Ruck that can basically just be a fourth midfielder and uh, and if he was able to do that at Fremantle with the young guns that they've got inside, it's, uh, it's going to be a dangerous proposition going forward. Absolutely. Uh, we think that'll happen in the next 24 to 48 hours. Of course, Wednesday is the deadline. Uh, what did you think when you heard uh, Anthony McDonald tip and Woody could be oh. making a comeback and Fremantle also uh, lurking as a possible destination for him. Um, he is a talent, was a talent. Um, 
yeah, I, I couldn't believe it. I mean, he only—I forgot that he only retired in March this year. So, it's—it hasn't been all that long since he's been out of the game. But uh, with everything that's happened in footy this year, I've almost forgotten about him. And the fact that his name just popped up out of nowhere—it was—it uh, was exciting. And I think the, the lurking around Freo, he would be a very, very scary fit in that forward line. But um, no, he's—he's uh, he's a talented player, and to see him back playing AFL footy would be really, really cool. Be huge, wouldn't it? No, he talked about anxiety and. Not knowing where you're going to end up, and Brandon Matera in the paper today about the concerns he had about his in tears prior to finding out uh, whether a trade was being done. How stressed would uh, Rui Lobb be at the minute? Just give his sport the beautiful little apartment uh, slash townhouse in, in South Yarra, or I think, or Turak, and he's uh, he could be a firefighter. He, he, and he's not sure what he's doing just yet. No, well, it's uh, it's interesting because I mean the same conversation was had last year. He said, "I'm, I'm I want out," and Freo played hardball, and he stayed and. He's had as good a year as he could have possibly had, and, and now he wants out again, and there's talks of them playing hardball, but I think I can't see them giving him up for nothing, but uh, or, you know, they're going to get something good for him if they are going to get rid of him, but I think there'll be, uh, there'll be a lot of hardball to be played in the next two days, so he's, I don't think he'll have much sleep until Wednesday morning. No, Colin Young, of course, his manager will be doing a, a lot of toing and froing. You're right, he had a really good season. Credit to him, because uh, he could have mentally checked out, but he did have... A deal which still covers another year. Yeah. So players have to understand, and now in the AFL, quite often contracts don't actually count for all that much. But when you've got such a long-term deal, that's why clubs like Fremantle, like, like Peter Bell and Simon Gallagher, are doing there. They've got not the ace up their sleeve, but they've got some bargaining power mm. here. Well, absolutely. I mean, the alternative for uh, lobbyists to just do what Cam McCarthy did and take a year out of footy, which at his age and the way he's playing his football, oh, I don't think he would be wanting to do that. So, um, yeah, it is. Uh, Freo do have the, the ultimate bargaining tool, which is his contract that he's got for another year. But uh, I think the fact that he's been pretty adamant he wants out another year at the club won't change that. So if they're going to get something done and, and want a little bit for him, it, it'll probably be now. I think... They'll get the job done somewhere, somehow. I just feel that uh, now with his value as it is, but mind you, off the back of that, Fremantle still has to find a, a replacement of sorts mm. for, for him. We know that Matt Taberner has had some injuries over the journey. Looks like a talent in Jai Amos. Um, they need to find that that tool to come and, and try and play that role. Yeah, they do. And I think I think they really would have liked Josh Tracy to have come on and taken that mantle already. He's um, he's had a couple of really good showings in the waffle, but probably hasn't taken that jump to AFL level just yet. Um, so he's one that they're probably looking to get on. But I mean, Griffin Logue was down forward, and how he's gone, and and there's got they've got a lot of guys that have sort of stepped up and left. So he's gonna he's gonna be a big hole to fill if uh, if he does get up and leave. So that's probably why they're so hesitant to get him out of there. And that's why Josh Corbett ends up at the club. Speaking of the Gold Coast Suns, a Jeremy Sharp. Um, there's still a a chance that the Dockers will pick him up, so that's in the mix. And also Lloyd Meek to Hawthorne. Uh, what what do you think Lloyd Meek's value is, and what do you think, um, given Darcy, given Jackson, how important is it the Dockers keep Meek? Or does he is he reading the tea leaves here and wondering whether he's going to get any game time at all next year? Yeah, I think so. He's um, he's an excellent player. I mean, he's I feel like every game that he's played at waffle level this year, he's just been comfortably the best ruckman. Um, and he's just done in an unfortunate situation where he's playing under Sean Darcy as a best and fairest winner. So he, oh, I think he's probably got the writing on the wall. They're looking to get Jackson in and there's probably not going to be space for him. Um, I certainly think he's worth or worthy of a, a number one ruck spot or even a number two ruck spot at a lot of football clubs. So for him getting a chance to play AFL footy at a regular basis will be really good. Um, 
I personally think he should uh, he should explore his options, and I hope he lands somewhere where he can play consistent footy because he's a really good fella and deserves it. Yeah, well, Ben McAvoy's departure retirement, mm. he sort of. That's a huge call to say he's in the same mould, but he's that sort of big, yeah. big body, big sort of forward who's a ruckman who can push forward a bit, but he's he's certainly a good citizen and he's going to be uh, chased by clubs like Hawthorne are looking for, for some, something else. Now, the West Coast Eagle, let's just push into your club and see. Yeah, of course, you know, why been, not? It's been very quiet Has compar- been very compared quiet. to what we're here seeing and hearing at Fremantle. Um, the, the Junior Rioli thing is, is, is just hovering, mm. but... Must, they must be doing something very quietly behind the scenes, West Coast. Yeah, well, I mean, the Jaden Hunt one sort of got locked away early and, and that was all but done. You mean, but he was over here and had coffee with Simo and a lot of people sort of saw that coming. But, um, yeah, I think the Junior Rioli one will unlock a few picks for us and, and will give us a bit more bargaining power going forward. But I think where the club's at at the moment, they're probably looking more towards the draft. So in terms of trade period, I'm not sure if they're going to be looking for players or picks or, or what they're going to do. But the big one at the footy club is what they're going to do with their second pick and whether they split that and, and try and get sort of two in the top 15 or 16, um, which I, I think I'm probably an advocate for. They've got some really good WA talent that they could probably get around that 6-7 mark that they might, you know, if they want to take it too, no worries, but they'll probably still be there. So there's... Um, Plenty of water to go under the bridge, but I think that's probably where they're looking to go, the picks and the draft, and really hit that one hard. Yeah, Mitch Giorgiotti's come over here <coughs> post-season, obviously family here. Mm-hmm. Any sort of word as to whether that could possibly eventuate in, in terms of getting him across with Rioli going away? Dan Houston's also been thrown up as a as a possibility. Come on, give us something, Hammer. Tell well, us something. Yeah, I heard there was a bit of uh, traction around the Giorgiotti's one early, which is um, which has fizzled out. I haven't. Uh, Houston was a, a rogue one that popped mm. up for me the other week that I um, that I hadn't really heard about. But uh, no, I have been trying my best to keep an eye on the footy club to see if anyone's rolling around for medicals and all that stuff's done behind closed doors. And I'm at the other end of the building, so I haven't really seen a whole lot. But uh, the Giorgiotti's whispers were probably stronger than whispers early doors and have simmered down a little bit now. But we'll uh, see what that happens. If you're in charge of the football list management footy department, yep. you've got pick two, and, and so they end up with pick two. What does your football club need in terms of positionally? Oh, I think personally they need a, a young midfield mould that can be reliable and sustainable for you know a couple of hundred games, which is easier said than done. But, um, I mean, playing at East Perth is a young kid that I quite fancy that, uh, that I think can be like that. And um, Ruben Ginby is that sort of player. I mean, I was... I, I, relate him to Andy McGrath in my 18th year. He was probably not the most talented player in the draft. I think Tim Taranto was probably more X-factor and so was Hugh McCluggage. But you look what Andy's done now. He's probably going to be a captain of, Freeman, of Essendon at some point and he's played you know, 100-plus games already. So he's going to get to that 200-plus, 250-plus and, and be a captain of the footy club. And that's the sort of player that they had you know, pegged and that's why they took him number one and, and that was a pretty safe bet. So I think that's probably what West Coast need now. They're in a position where... You, you shouldn't be rolling the dice too much. It should be if there's a safe bet there. I think they should take it, and that's uh, that's what I reckon. And a local boy mm, potentially, yep. a Ruben Jimby, who by the way was one of twelve West Aussies who over the last few days did the draft combine in Melbourne. Where they met clubs, they did some physicals. Darcy Jones, I don't know if you've seen yeah, much of this kid. I did. He's got the helmet. He's a yep. bit of a, a Caleb Daniel mm. clone in the sense he's diminutive, but he's quick and he's breaking records over oh, yeah. at the combine. Um, I think vertical. Stephen Hill's Beat record. Stephen Hill's agility record. Well, yeah, how, flying. How much? Noticed, obviously, I'm presuming you went through the combine. Yep. Um, how how 
stressful? How how much weight do you, you put on that as a, a young bloke trying to impress? Well, I put a heap of weight on it, and then uh, I actually put too much and, and broke my foot and didn't do a whole heap there. But there was uh, you're just sitting and watching all the guys go about it, and it's easy when you you know you look in my year. I had a lot of mates that went sort of top ten. I think the Sandy Dragons had five of the first eleven drafted. So, so who else? give us a couple of names that, that came through uh, in your draft? Andy McGrath, Tim Taranto, Will Setterfield, Jack Scrimshaw, Ollie Florent. They were all in my 2016 Premiership team. So that was a, a pretty handy side. And <laughs> what did you win the GF by? Oh, we only, I think we only won it by 40-odd points, but Will Brody... <laughs> oh, yeah. Look, a bit points. of fig jam coming out from Will, Will Brody was in the... Uh, he played for the Bush Rangers. We beat him that day. But, um, no, there was... So I, I was watching that draft combine, and, and it didn't really matter what a lot of my mates were, were running. But I, mean, I remember there were guys who... I mean, Griffin Logue, I, I hadn't really heard of because I was a, not a WA boy, but he ran the 3K and sprinted the last 600 metres, and everyone was just sort of watching this kid bolt around with his big curly hair and... Things like that just sort of stand out, and it might not be the difference between getting drafted or not for a lot of guys, but it um, it certainly can push some guys up the ranks. Yeah, it's a huge weekend, and we know that, as I said, with 12 West Aussies uh, going across, uh, they do the whole gamut of testing, uh, some at uh, Margaret, Margaret uh, Court Arena and then some uh, around the metro area in, in Melbourne and the interviews with the with the uh, the clubs. And I know Ruben Jimby said he was asked, one of the questions was, uh, name five dinner guests you like. Yeah. And he's a, he's a massive Fremantle uh, mm. supporter yep. going up. So he had, had five, of course, as his first, second, third guest. Yeah. Um, and, and outside, I think he had a surfer and someone mm. else. But, uh, yeah, it's all, all in the mix. And uh, we know that in, a, in about a month and a half from now, they're going to put themselves on the line. Hopefully, they find themselves an AFL club. This is the Shelter Footy Cast, Mark Reddings and Hammer Brayshaw on this Monday. Right, let's check some of the other trades across the competition or certainly uh, the movements. Uh, what is it with the water in Geelong? They just keep on attracting quality, Howard. They've got uh, Tanner Bruin from uh, Greater Western Sydney who receive a first-round pick, currently number 18. Uh, Geelong's getting the talent. The Giants are getting some pretty handy picks. Mm, well, I, uh, I think if you look at the way Geelong have done it over the last decade, they don't really care too much about picks if they're going to get talent in. And, um, and obviously, they're a fantastic club and have been good for a long time, so... They just draw these good players in, and it's uh, it's probably a, it's a handy position to be in for Chris Scott and Geelong. But um, yeah, they just keep bolstering their talent and getting good players. And I've done a deal with Brisbane as well. Uh, Geelong receiving a second round pick, currently number twenty five. Brisbane gets a second round pick, currently thirty eight. Two third round picks, currently forty eight <laughs> and fifty five. And bear in mind, I was a maths four student at Trinity College. So all this means complete uh, gobbledygook to me. A future second round selection and a future fourth round selection. Now, Hammer, you're in the footy business. Yep. How, how does uh, Joe Blow out in the street follow this? It's complicated. Oh, it is. I think once you start putting in the future picks and, and all the rest of it, it does get pretty difficult to follow on. Um, in terms of who wins trades when you're looking at that sort of stuff, you, you sort of have to wait and, and see. But I think when you look at future first rounds, future second rounds, and you're getting these late third and fourth round picks, it's uh, it's few and far between that you do pick a diamond from the rough, but every now and again it happens. I mean, the Dane Swan went, I think he went in the third round, Matthew Prittis went in the third round, yeah, Jeremy McGovern went rookie draft, so there's a lot of good players that you can pick up late, but it's um, that comes down to list management and where you go, but for someone who's <laughs> watching this and following it on the AFL website, to see... Some player gets traded for this pick, this pick, this pick, and in the couple of years it's this pick, and then all of a sudden if they want to trade up, they need to use points. It's uh, it's becoming very, very difficult to follow. It is. Uh, what we can try and disseminate, though, is which clubs have probably had the best of the trade week so far. I mean, we mentioned Geelong. They, yeah. they just 
keep Jimmy winning. Yep. Keep winning. Um, do you put – if Dunkley gets to Brisbane – hasn't happened yet, has it, the Dunkley deal? I don't believe so, But no. if that happens, that's a huge <laughs> result for them, given they've got Will Ashcroft. Um, I'm not sure if you've seen much of him, but <sighs> – Oh, boy, yeah, he's a good player. He just dro- – he just he's a starting player next year, isn't yep. he, for, for yeah. the Lions? I think he has to be. He reminds me a lot of Nick Dacos, what he was doing at the uh, NAB League last year. But he uh, – Ashcroft played a game of VFL when Brisbane were down there, and I think he had 30 and kicked a goal and was the best player on the ground as a – 17, 18-year-old, so he's uh, no, he's a he's a special talent. So if they can get Dunkley and him, that's that's two injections straight into their midfield. That is, um, you know, that's only going to make them a better side. So they're going to certainly go well if they can lock that deal away. Yeah, outside of that, I mean, well, North Melbourne with the uncertainty over over Alistair Clarkson, that's that's. I mean, they've got load, they've got Tucker, but. I mean, in terms of star power, probably just a chance for more game time, particularly for Tucker yep. and, and maybe Logue in the same boat. Um, what about there have been a few clubs that haven't had a trade thus far, uh, Adelaide, Essendon and Sydney. Uh, any idea of – I mean, Sydney, for instance, grand finalists. Mm. Do, you, do you sit on the on the group you've got and just – obviously they've signed Tom Papley long term. Yep. But do you sit with the group they've got or how aggressive do you think – well, clearly not much at the moment. Well, no, I don't think they were that far off it all year. I mean, they were one of the be- better sides and they were able to play with intensity and, and real finals-like energy that probably just dropped away and they, they burnt themselves out coming into the grand final. So I don't think they need to add a whole heap to their list in, if they want to get that next step. Um, but if you look at the other sides, what have we got? Essendon, I, they haven't been overly active. But Adelaide, I think, are eyeing off Isaac Rankin if that deal can go away. Yep. So they've still got they've still got some time to, to get involved. But... Um, yeah, I think Sydney, if they if they really wanted to, they could look to attract some players. They're obviously a destination club at the moment, and and the Sydney lifestyle, while it's expensive, it's not a bad place to live. But, uh, yeah, I think they're um they're pretty happy with where I'd be happy with where they're at. Certainly. Yeah, and Dan's just come up with some info that uh, Isaac Rankin <coughs> is going to Adelaide for pick number five. My goodness, that's that's a high draft. That's you, you, that was that, higher than what he was taking, wasn't it? Or he that's was a that's a massive right uh, massive win for the Gold Coast. Yeah, absolutely. In my mind, well, yeah, they were um, they were pretty disappointed to have him walk out. And I watched a uh, I remember watching a video with Tuke Miller about when they the leadership group sat him down and and spoke to him about what they saw in the future and for him to you know take that on board and then still decide to leave to get pick five in return for him is not a bad effort. Yeah, it's huge. Um, what, just quickly, before we go through some of the trades to, to keep an eye out for, is, is this going to change? Like, we talk about Geelong, the ability to attract players and, and some, a lot of them quality. The Giants and the Suns. Now, the Giants have lost a lot of players. They've got some draft picks. The Suns don't seem to be able to retain as long as they'd like. Is this just going to continue because of the, the, the go-home factor for, for players that want to head home to establish footy states? Well... I think it might do. I mean, even at GWS this year, Taranto's going to uh, going to Richmond, and I think Jacob Popper wants to leave. So there's there's plenty of good players that want out. But I think you have to look at it. They haven't been around for that long, and you, even the Gold Coast, you've got guys like Took Miller who have pretty much devoted their the rest of their life there. He's going to be a star. I think Ben King signed a, a long term deal up there. So there's plenty of good players who are you know happy to stick the course at the club, and they haven't been around for that long. So I, I don't think it'll take too much for them to be um, <clears throat> successful and sustainable probably success helps I mean Geelong yes they're a destination club because they're winning but it's not like Geelong's a you know I haven't spent a whole heap of time in Geelong mate let's be honest the Sco- lifestyle Sco- in the Gold Sco- Coast Sco- Sco- from Geelong I've said I've been there a few times <coughs> 
it's uh, you know, it's it, yeah, it's not a destination no, town. The Gold Coast, the Gold Coast, <laughs> the Gold Coast lifestyle. Yeah, the Gold Coast lifestyle certainly outweighs the Geelong lifestyle for a lot of people. I would have thought so. I think it'll come with a bit of success, and there are guys like like Miller and like Ben King, and you even go to GWS, and there's there's a lot of guys there as well who have taken that step to pretty much commit for the rest of their footy career there and it'll take a few a bit, a bit of time and a bit of success but I think you'll get a few more of those guys yeah let's uh, check some of the other trades <laughs> that uh, may or may not happen uh, Brody Grundy's the big one because uh, the Max Gorn uh, combination with with Grundy from Collingwood to Melbourne uh, are you a are you a supporter I, I've, Will <laughs> and I have discussed this as to whether you need two star ruckman well it's interesting I, I don't know that they do but it's, it certainly doesn't hurt. I mean, the the only downside is if you play Gorn forward, he's not he's, he's not, his biggest weakness is his kicking for goal. So if you can fix that, then certainly it's... But he's a, also the best ruckman in the competition. Correct, the he's the best ruckman in the competition. And I think there were uh, there were too many times this year watching Melbourne, as I, as I did quite intently, that he started out of the goal square. And whether that was a bid to get Jackson a bit more time and get him to stay, I, I'm not sure. But... Um, I don't think Gorn's a ruckman that you want to be having 50-50 of, and <clears throat> I don't think Brodie Grundy's a ruckman you want to be having 50-50 of either. So, I mean, if they can both agree that that's not the worst thing for them, then, yeah, it'll be a really good duo. But it's a uh, certainly selling themselves short by only playing them half in the ruck if that's the way they're going to go about it. Yeah, that's going to be an interesting one, <coughs> how that plays out. We've mentioned Dunkley up to Brisbane. That still hasn't been completed. Uh, Jack Bowes or Bowes. Is it Bowes or Bowes? Bowes, I think. I think we'll go with Bowes. He was, in my, he was picked 10 in my... Geez, you had a lot of good footballers around you. Yeah, well, I missed that draft, so that was why there was too many good footballers. <laughs> um, but yeah, he went pick ten, and I, I think he's well, the Gold Coast just probably had too much money that they didn't have enough players for, so that's what's holding his deal back, unfortunately. Uh, Ollie Henry, uh, again, he wants to go yeah. to the Cats, and I think I recall him playing as a medi sub. I think here against the Dockers this year, wet day, Fremantle got towelled up. He came on the ground and was terrific. Yeah, no, he's a fantastic player. That young kid. He, what? No, how old is he now? He's this is only his first or second year in the yeah, comp. He's, he's very new to it. Yep. Yeah, no, he's a star. Twenty years old. There you go. My goodness. Twenty years of age, and, and he's off to. I mean, the cats just. I mean, yeah. the cats just keep going from strength to strength. Tom Mitchell's an interesting discussion point because a Brownlow medalist. There's been whispers twelve months ago that. Uh, either Hawthorne were trying to offload him, mm-hmm. and now there's a bit of talk that he wants to get to Collingwood. Uh, where do you sit on Tom Mitchell? I mean, no, he's, he gets a footy. Yep, absolutely. I mean, I think you do need players that can accumulate the ball, and um, he probably in the last year or two hasn't been as damaging as he was with it when he won the Brownlow, and um, I, th- I think he's a, a little bit of the Russell Westbrooks about him, just sheer weight of numbers got him... To a position Russell where Westbrook just, we're, just, we're just rolling some NBA through it Well yeah, there you go what, what, He won the MVP Off the first Triple double average season So That was almost the same As Mitchell He was just getting Such a weight of possessions That you couldn't Look anywhere else But him And, and he was doing Enough good things with it But uh, I still think He's a really quality player And would add Add to any midfield And, and yeah You do need someone Who can find the footy The way he does And I think with a, a Stable team around him He can certainly be A lot of help to Collingwood Yeah interesting to see And you're right With the, some young players Around him at, at Collingwood <laughs> Gee, they could be formidable. Uh, Dan McStay, of course, getting yep. to the club. So uh, Magpies, the window very much open for them. Uh, Fiorini also to Collingwood. So yep. that's that's they're building that depth. And I'll tell you what, uh, they've done a great job. Uh, Craig McRae, one year oh, yeah. in, prelim final, uh, a breath away from, from making a grand final. Well, everyone thought everyone pegged them as sort of bottom three, bottom four this year, and uh, and out of the gate they just went bananas. And yeah, they had a stretch where they won a lot of really really close games. But having played football a long time, you know that the 
the, the good teams win those close games. So it's not luck that, that gets you over the line. What was it, 10 in a row or something that they won by pretty close margins. So it's, uh, yeah, he's certainly done a wonderful job with that footy club and, they, and the, the trades they're getting in at the moment, they're just keeping on getting better. A couple of players going to the Giants, despite all the departure lounge uh, talk we've been yep. going through. Uh, Bedford <coughs> and Soldo mm-hmm. to the Giants. And Bedford, I saw a bit of him for Melbourne. He, he's a... He's a talent, we know yep. that. So, and Soldo can play back and does a bit of pinch hitting, ruck work occasionally, but he's more more a defender. Yeah, I think for Bedford, it's a bit of opportunity. It was well, it's a pretty tough team to crack into, and then Soldo as well. He's a uh, he's I think he's a premiership dual premiership player. Has he won two of them? Yeah, what, what, don't ask, don't ask complicated yeah, don't questions ask complicated to me, question. yeah, because yep, at the end enough. of the day, uh, Scully and I don't worry about the. Uh, <coughs> yeah, fair enough. We just we just go with their good players. Well, and let's we don't just know. roll with it. He's a dual premiership. He's a premiership player. player. He's a premiership player at least. We and, know he's uh, a premiership player. And, and, and no, he'll he'll certainly add something to the footy club, whether it's down back or in the ruck. And I think just being a big, strong presence certainly helps any footy club. Absolutely, yeah. So one <laughs> just premiership. A one, yeah. There you go. So That's what I thought. Just call him a premiership player, Hammer. That's all we have to worry about. Just the premiership player. We we jump into that. We've talked about the combine and talked about trade week. So there's a there's a bit to go there. Just quickly, uh, AFLW with the Dockers and the Eagles, you're yep. both having, uh, well, the Dockers, I guess, more expectations, but you got got rolled, of course, off the back of um, the Derby. They, they got hold of you yep. by a couple, couple of points. points. Yep. Um, and you got beaten by Richmond. You have improved, though, the Eagles, haven't you? Yeah, we certainly have. I mean, we've won two games and lost five this year, and, and two games for us is as many as we've won in a season. So we're, we're certainly on the up, but... Um, we lost to Fremantle by three points. The next week, we lost to Hawthorne by three points. So we could have easily won, you know, four games this year, which which would have been a massive leap for us. But we've got a lot of young players in. We had, I think, we had thirteen or fourteen turnovers list spots this year, which in a list of thirty isn't a whole heap. We've got a few of our more talented players on our long term injury list. So we've had, a, you know, two ACLs, and we've had a um, Evie Gooch has done a, a, a had her wrist um, operated on, so she can't play all year. So there's certainly been some ups and downs for us this season, but. The way we've, I think, been able to develop these young players that we've got, Charlie Thomas, Ella Roberts, we've got a couple of young girls in from the Waffle, Michaela Weston's played every game and, and she's really got come on strong. So there's uh, there's plenty of upside and plenty of potential in our group and um, yeah, the wins are a few and far between at the moment, but the the process and what we're building certainly coming along. So it's um, exciting times, I think, for the footy club. I got a, just a message during uh, about twenty four hours ago from some at the Eagles. They said, look, another loss to our AFLW team. He said that the midfield. Uh, not enough happening through the midfield, and and what 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 what's the coaching department doing in the midfield just to to find uh, ways to get a result? Yeah, well, I mean, it's interesting. The uh, the midfield's copping criticism when that's where the prime movers have been in the last seven rounds. Skeet, I think uh, it's <laughs> no, we probably got beaten on the weekend in there by a pretty good side. Montconti's a fantastic player. Um, uh, I think she's probably going to go pretty close to winning the, the AFLW Best and Fairest Award this year. So we were up against it on the weekend, but we still had some pretty good performances. I mean, uh, Emma Swanson's our captain, and she's been fantastic all year, and Bella Lewis has taken her footy to another level. So we're uh, we're trying a few things in there, for uh, that's for sure. No, I love it, Hammer. <coughs> just uh, throw the bait out there to see if you bite, <laughs> and uh, just got not much uh, coming back. Uh, given, the, of course, as your uh, introduction to the Shelter Footy Cars, we have a Shelter XPA X-Factor player. And okay. now the Dockers were <coughs> beaten at the weekend. They, yep. They led, I think, by nine points at three-quarter time, got overrun, uh, which has been a bit of an issue for them mm-hmm. in, in a few games this year. But we still found, and I'm happy for you to, to reveal our Shelter XPA X-Factor player for this weekend. Yep, uh, Fremantle's Kiara Bowers, a losing game to Adelaide. She's gone out and had 29 touches, 21 of those kicks, but she's had 19 tackles. 
19. Yep, she is an absolute animal in there. I think she had she averages like 15 or 16 for the year or something. She's just an absolute weapon inside. So it's uh and she, when she tackles you it sticks. The AFL record is 20. So she is an absolute gun. Um End of the day, though, I mean, like, Fremantle, it's been disappointing. I know you're, mm. you're across the, the town from them, but for them, they, they've lost a few players. Yep. Uh, and, and in this expanded competition of the AFLW, it's, I would have thought it's, it's relatively difficult to recruit from outside WA. Very, very difficult, yeah. So the way it works at the moment, because it's not a full-time caper, it's, uh, it's hard to get uh, interstate players to come in. Um, so they have lost a few to those expansion sides, which which did hurt them. But uh, I think they've still got a pretty good core. They've they've played some pretty good sides this year. Adelaide, are, you know, I think top of the ladder or second top. So they've they've played some pretty good sides, um, which is probably why they haven't been as successful as they would have liked. They've lost a few close games. They've had a draw. So it, it's yeah, it, it, for us, it's been pretty good to watch them not be playing too well. But uh, I don't think they're that far off it compared to where they have been in previous years. They're um, I think they're still right around the mark. It's a really, really good side. Yeah, exactly. Uh, by the way, if you want to email us, footycast at shelterbrewing.com.au. We're also on Instagram, I believe, Dan. Um, I, I, no, I do. I, I am on Instagram, and some of my posts are on there, and the people say, gee, was that you? And I've got no idea what they're talking about. My daughter actually handles my Instagram account. Have you got anyone handling your Instagram account? Just me. Just yeah, you. Just me. Are you prolific? Are you like Scoey and Engage? Uh, I'm probably not as engaged as Scoey. I have been in the last few months sort of throwing a few jokes on there and getting a little laugh out of a few people. But no, it's uh, Scoey's been on there more often than anyone I've probably following. <laughs> He's, and he loves it like a bit of banter. A bit like Goss. He enjoys that sort of, particularly if there's a bit someone ready to, to, to have a... Uh, oh, he loves a back and forth, doesn't he, Scoey? Oh. More than anyone. Uh, he's uh, he's very very active on the socials. He's, he's having a little breather as we speak and just enjoying the life uh, uh, down near the, the shelter brewery part of the world. And uh, he's left Dan here with uh, his wild pit bull to try and contain him <laughs> for the rest of the week. So hopefully uh, Dan and pit bull go okay. Uh, Hammett, always good to catch up with Thank you. you very I'm sure much. we'll hear and uh, and see more of you on the Shelter Footycast. Um, good luck with the West Coast Eagles AFLW. Uh, of Thank course, you very trade much. week still rolling on Thursday. Uh, I won't be here. I'm going to be uh, flying out just uh, to another destination just to see if I can get a Jetstar flight to Bali beautiful. and one back. Yeah, it's beautiful until, until delayed for four days. <laughs> so wait and see Hammer. So you that. don't get a flight back here and you're stuck in Bali. <laughs> exactly. So we'll play that out and uh, see what happens. But uh, thanks to your company. Thanks to Dan. Thanks to Hammer. See you next time on The Shelter Footycast. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.